This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Yeah, you caught me, dude. I think I'm dying here, man. Welcome to the 3B Video Deep Cut Podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Aw, yeah. It's that time again for another bi-weekly episode of the Deep Cut Podcast with your hosts, Rotten Roger DeMarco and... Baldy, baldy, baldy. This is evil. (laughs) Mr. Evil in the back room. We are recording this on the 10th of January, February, March, April. And uh, (laughs) it is super early in the morning. We're already dealing with adult things. <laughs> but but I'm putting those adult things on standby to record a podcast, eat some cold za, and talk about <clears throat> man's best friend. And you know what? What a timely decision we made to discuss this film because uh, we decided this last night, which coincidentally... Yesterday was the passing of Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX, the man, the myth, the legend, the rough rider, who, uh, you know, is well known for his dog-like persona. <laughs> I was wondering, and, uh, I was like, is, I was, like did, was DMX in Man's Best Friend? I didn't know it. No, that'd be awesome. The whole soundtrack should have been DMX songs, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm sipping a monster. I'll pour a little bit on the floor for you, DMX, and this... Uh, goes out to you so of course we got to talk about the 1993 classic as far as i'm concerned man's best friend so evil won't you let the good folks at home know a little plot synopsis of this film if if this has slipped under their radar (laughs) this is the film in which a dog is given terminator cybernetic parts and becomes the Predator Terminator ultimate protector of the household. But, uh, of course, things go awry. Lance Henriksen's uh, Frankenstein creation will turn against him. And it's up to Ali Sheedy from the Breakfast Club to put a stop <laughs> to things. Yes, she's going to use her uh, her dandruff powers <clears throat> and her kleptomania. Yeah. Which, literally, this is how her kleptomania plays into this movie because she, she goes and dog. steals this fucking dog. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things logistically that I want to talk about about this movie. Uh, one being that the dog has to take medication. Otherwise, it will become a homicidal um, maniac robot killer dog. So it's more human is, than dog <laughs> at that point. Yeah, more human than human. Um, and this was directed by John Lafia. I don't know if uh, that name rings a bell to you, Evil, at all. Not a bit. But he was the writer of the original Child's Play. So, you know, Tom huh. Holland directed, but uh, he was the writer. So that's kind of dope. I couldn't imagine how much more gnarly this movie would be if Tom Holland had directed it. Oh my god, yeah, sign me up. We would have a Man's Best Friend franchise, which, man, <clears throat> even though this is a one-and-done movie, they, <laughs> they had hopes, at least, I, I think, maybe, of doing more of them, because they leave it totally stinger open for, like, oh shit, one has fallen, but another shall rise. Yes, 
And you know what? Uh, the 90s was a weird time for horror movies. And this was 93, <laughs> right? So, yeah. um, the, the potential was there. Uh, you know, we hadn't had a good killer dog movie in a hot minute. And uh, this one, for whatever reason, you know, every time you and I get together, we end up talking about this movie. And it's one of those movies that seems like it never got a fair shake. People didn't find it, didn't find out about it, or just, you know, completely bypassed it. Whereas you and I both, I think, in 93, discovered this movie as as children and were like, this is so rad. Uh, I just remember, <clears throat> I remember we rented it, blind rented it from the video store, and it had a really cool cover, which which is the only... I like that both of us had the same complaint when Shout Factory announced they were going to do this movie. We're like, oh my gosh, yes. Yes, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. And then we saw the uh, they're like original cover art done. Ew. Which I'm like, I don't remember that cover art, but that, that I don't like that. <laughs> it's like stretched and skewed, and it's weird, and I I hate it. Um, uh, yeah, the the VHS cover art, I, I, I love it. I, it's what got me to rent it back in the day, so I wish they would... I, Maybe that's the alternate cover art. I'd, I'd like to one day maybe pick, maybe pick it up. I may just be fine having the DVD, but uh, we rented it totally blind. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And one of the side things I'll always tie to Man's Best Friend is when you used to rent tapes, you would have a couple of trailers mm-hmm. before the tapes. And this movie had New Nightmares trailer. At the Damn beginning right of it, it did. and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Hey, that's a chick from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Holy shit! There's another Elm Street coming. Mm-hmm. As soon as he did the uh, the closet reveal, the miss me. Yeah, that for <laughs> and that's that's some of the logic right there. Being like, just that trailer being on the tape, I'm like, I gotta own this just so I have <laughs> the trailer for New Nightmare. It's almost irregardless of what the movie is gonna be like. Yeah. But it ended up being ended up being an awesome movie, and I think that ties we tie to it because we both rented, watched this really fucking oddball movie, and then we went what probably twenty years before we could talk about it to anyone else. And then when we find that person that we did, we find that one person that rented it also. Like oh, my 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 chosen mate, <laughs> yes, uh, my home slice, my 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 dude. Uh, and you know, I think that since this movie is so bonkers, that's why it appealed to us. Because in '93, um, I was a nine-year-old kid, you know, and there's something about the the stuff that goes on in this movie where the dog can use like an invisibility cloak, also urinates acid. Which, uh, if if that sentence doesn't sell you on needing to see this movie, I I don't know what will. Which he utilizes uh, as a weapon, not just to relieve himself. And he does. <laughs> he does. I know if you've not seen it, your mind is immediately going to like, I wonder if he pisses on a dude's face. Yes. <laughs> yes, that happens in this film. Yes, there are dog acid urine water sports in this film. And uh, it's awesome. It's, it's so much fun. It's just stupid fun. Like, here's the thing. If... If you're thinking killer dog movie and you're like, ah, you know, Cujo, 
This is <laughs> no. nothing like Cujo. This, this dog, <laughs> this dog acts like a goddamn serial killer. He is murdering people and burying them under the porch. Which uh, also, coincidentally, is one of our other favorite conversations when it comes to uh, props. So you've got, you know, dead dog props, dead cat props. Um, and this movie has an awesome, it's not a dead dog prop, it's just a dog prop that they use, a puppet dog that they use. But then there is a dying cat prop. <laughs> and yeah, and they're so silly and fun. Yeah, because one of the many things that's put into this uh, cocktail of disaster into this dog uh, DNA is he has climbing abilities. So you see like these close-ups of this dog because these kids are like, "Go get that cat! It'll be funny because the cat will <laughs> climb up the tree and like then the dog will be fucked, but it'll be fun to watch." Then the cat climbs up the tree, dog gets to the tree, and starts climbing the fucking tree. It grows fucking four-inch spike claws so it can yeah. climb the tree. Big-ass talons and starts climbing this tree, and the kids are like, oh, uh... And then, of course, cuts to the funniest fucking scene in the movie, which, <laughs> if you go back to our live stream prop <laughs> game, I put it in the prop game of this... You, get, you smash cut to this dog, like gulping down a cat like you just have part of a cat hanging out of a dog's mouth yeah and for somebody that is like immediately disqualifies animal death in a movie for being a good movie this is one of those ex super extremely rare exceptions because it's because the more goofy you fucking make it i'll buy it and this yeah this is the equivalent of throwing a dummy off the roof in Death Death Wish 3. You shipped him on that cat, not me. No, 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 you did. We better get out of here. Miss Dolly's gonna kill us. Let's forget about it. We just gotta get out of here before Let's we get back to Oh, man. I told go. you not to. Shut up. It's so over the top. And, uh,. Again, I think that's why the majority of the horror audience wasn't on board with this movie. But again, that's why it appeals to us, because it was so stupid. And just like a slasher movie, there's always one fucking character, at least, that you want to see get killed. And this movie has it with this junkyard owner that you want to mm -hmm. see get fucking killed. And the killer kills that person. Like, it is a slasher movie. 100% a slasher movie. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to go with the boyfriend, because I'm not a big fan of the boyfriend in the movie. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of it, but I, I'm, he may get it worse by getting pissed on. <laughs> mm -hmm. He definitely does. But, uh, you know, you can't talk about this movie without talking about uh, Lance Henriksen being, the, yeah, being responsible, I suppose. And uh, he comes across early on in the film as a villain, which he, you know, by all rights, he is a villain because he created this monster dog. But uh, somewhere in the middle of the movie, there's kind of a tonal shift where you're like, oh, no, he's a good guy because he's trying to stop this dog. But he he has, it's a weird, like, gray area because he has bad guy traits, but he's, yeah, he's your Dr. Loomis almost. Kind of, and it's, and very much like that first Halloween, like I, you look at the cover, you look at the back of the back of the movie, and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be a Lance Henriksen 
fucking fighting this dog movie. And Lance Henriksen <laughs> is in it at the beginning, a little bit, a hair in the middle, and he comes back at the end. There's there's not enough Lance Henriksen in this movie. Right. And man, it was really tempting to have him sign this when uh, we got to meet him a few years ago, but hard target ended up winning out the bet because <laughs> we get more Lance than that. Yeah. That's that's true. Uh, we should have we should have cranked up the dial on the Lance Hendrickson uh, performance in this movie. We need we need more. Um, but the movie the movie does okay with Ali Sheedy taking over as the lead, and she's very um, sympathetic, and you like her. And future uh, future crazy cat lady because she's that she's that person that finds any wounded or abandoned or alone animal on the road and will bring that shit home. And you got a fucking house that smells like piss. That's just overrun by animals. That they're like, you, you, watching a movie, you're like, yeah, she's a very sympathetic. We love that character. But if she was your fucking neighbor, you'd be like, oh my god, yeah, get you the can't, fuck. you can't even fucking shift your nuts in your own house without a t- twenty-two dogs next door fucking losing their shit. And you're like, I'm never getting a good night's sleep. I wish she would move out. Right. Then you then you're looking at the window. You see the half of the somebody getting pulled out in a fucking ambulance with their face half burned off. You're like, good. It's what you get for having a house full of fucking animals, you crazy loons. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Um, and since we're talking about the dog prop and the cat prop, uh, evil. Are you familiar with who did the effects in this movie? I am not. It should come as. Uh, no surprise, or a surprise. No surprise for you. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's. It's none other than Kevin Yeager. Oh well, built. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, which is which is why it's so awesome. And for anybody listening who doesn't know the name Kevin Yeager, just open up a window. You know, give a little search. Uh, you'll be surprised at the amount of things that he's worked on that you've seen that you just haven't connected that name to. Uh, easy, easy, super shortcut uh, version. He did some of the Freddy uh, effects, particularly the Elm, the Freddy uh, face design for uh, some of the early Elm Streets two and three. Right. Um, and his effects are are really well done in this movie. Even though, like you said, uh, when it comes to that cat, like that's the type of stuff that we think is silly, um, and it does it. It's real enough but it also has a very cartoony aspect to it. And I think that's important. Oh yeah. It's it it's it's a it's a that hatchet like balance of being like trying to be horror, trying to be you know in that kind of world but just just enough of that dial turned on the other knob to be like come on this is silly funny stuff like we're we're making a, we're making a movie. This is fun, right? <laughs> Yeah, and you gotta love um, towards the end of the film when they have the showdown with Max. Max is the dog's name, right? I yes. Yeah. Um, Which is super know, they, super similar because the dog looks like a Rottweiler, even though it's not a Rottweiler. And we had a Rottweiler named Mac, so it was like almost like we were watching our own dog in a slasher movie. Like, look, it's almost <laughs> you on screen, and almost nice. your name. Um, but they they do a bunch of very slasher-like things towards the end of this film. They gotta take it to this dog, you know? Um, they're they're beating the, beating the dog with a, sh- a shovel. <clears throat> the, uh, they take a blowtorch to the dog's face. You know, all of this 
He gets battle damaged. <laughs> yeah, final yeah, final showdown, battle damage max. It's just which, missing like him being completely set on fire. You think he's dead and then leaping out of flames to come <laughs> at you one more time. That's all it's missing. Yeah, it definitely needed that scene, which I'm sure they probably filmed something like that, if I'm not mistaken. There's probably like a stinger ending. Um and I know you said this dog looks like a Rottweiler, but the, the actual dog, I think it's a it's some kind of a mastiff. A Tibetan Mastiff, maybe? Like a big old fluffy, floofy, sweet version of a Rottweiler. Uh, well, uh, all it depends on how you raise it, but a uh, Rot can be just, just as uh, sweet and adorable. Right. But oh, yeah. uh, I'd rather... Are would... not bad dogs. I'm going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> yeah, it's all in, all in how you raise, but man, I'd rather have a Rot compared to this thing because... Uh, although it is a, a gorgeous dog and looks like one you definitely would want to pet and uh, and uh, play with, I don't want it in my house because that fucking hair will be on <laughs> everything. Yes, I'll be it spitting would. out dog hairs for the rest of my life <laughs> if every I had that sandwich. Yeah, yeah, every sandwich you go to eat, everything is covered in hair. Like it's gonna look like uh, Jody Verrill's house. Just covered in dog hair by the end, like my cups, remote controls, my face, everything is going to be just covered in dog hair. Oh, no, not there. Oh, I'm going to get in that tub. Don't you go in that tub, evil. It's just going to make the hair wet and smell bad. Um, and another thing that I told you last night, if we were going to talk about this film, that I had to bring up. And chances are, if you haven't seen this movie, you have inadvertently seen at least one piece of this movie. Yes. Because in the movie Friday, John Witherspoon is watching Man's Best Friend in his bedroom. And he has the infamous line, It's your ass, Mr. Postman. Which different different music. <laughs> right. <laughs> they put, like, really old goofy stinger, like horror music to this but yeah it's the dog chomping down on the mailman so everyone has seen this movie if you've not seen this movie and it's because new line cinema made both so it's like well what do we got in our what do we got in the old library <laughs> yep what, what what can we throw on the tv without paying for it and uh that's another great scene in the movie too because you have this overly aggressive postal worker which that's a stretch you know. <laughs> you know, I'm almost sympathetic to the postal worker because he's got to deal with this shit five days a week or six days a week. And you know what? Like, after so long, I would be carrying. Uh, you'd be lucky not to see me start to carry like a small trank gun or a, <laughs> one of those fucking ex expendable like a batons kind of thing. I'm like, I'm had enough of this shit. I'm going to start clocking things. <laughs> Fuck this dog up. But that's another like, it's so great because he pulls out that uh, pepper spray or bear mace or what the fuck ever, you know, <laughs> out of his holster. And he smokes the dog with it, but the dog just shakes it off. And it's one of the, like, for, you know, for me as a kid, it was one of the first oh-fuck moments I had in horror movies. Because everything that I had been led to believe as a kid, you know, uh, my mom was a prison guard, and they carry a lot of, like, super badass mace and do all this stuff. Like, I was led to believe that it didn't matter 
how big you were, how tough you were. If that shit hit you in the face, it was fucking game over. It, yeah, and, it's uh, like Johnny Knoxville famously said, that shit would stop a fucking freight train. <laughs> yeah, and so when he sprays the dog in the face, and the dog, like, it does that awesome slow motion shot, that, you know, you're like, mm-hmm, that guy is fucked. Like, <laughs> Just throw the can at it and run. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I'd really like, would have loved to seen like Jeff Daniels play the role of the mailman. Like, oh man. I feel like he could really portray like, like just go for it with your screams and yells and play terrified. I don't want to see <laughs> Jeff Daniels murdered on screen, even though I've seen it before. But I feel like. For whatever reason, I'd love to see him in a mailman's getup, just <laughs> like. Oh, 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 oh. Well, look how good, look how good he did in uh, Speed, dude. Like I always, whenever someone tells me that uh, Jeff Daniels is not uh, a super talented actor, or same or only, same fucking year that that movie was made, he made Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he has a range. You know, I always go back to speed. I'm like, look at him. Look at like the, the playfulness and the and the sympathetic vibes that you get from him. Like he's a great actor. So yeah, I'm all for that. Let's. We went on a tangent, but let's put Jeff Daniels in the remake of Man's Best Friend. Hashtag more <laughs> Jeff Daniels in cinema. Yeah, the same exact year he's playing a dumb dipshit uh, dog driving uh, grooming service. He is a fucking. <laughs> bomb-diffusing SWAT team member associate of Keanu Reeves trying to dismantle bombs remotely off a fucking bus. Like, mm -hmm. Jeff Daniels is the man. Yes, true. Uh, and speaking of sabotaging buses, <laughs> uh, can't talk about this movie without talking about the... Again, we gotta go back into those slasher-like elements. This fucking dog sabotages the boyfriend or husband I always forget their relationship officially I think it's a boyfriend sabotages the fucking vehicle yeah, cuts the brake lines or drains the brake fluid like yes he's a serial he's a serial killer slasher do not yeah. think of him as a fucking dog he is a fucking serial killer like you put a serial killer's brain in a dog's body he is only well, bound by his his dog looks, but other than that, he is a fucking straight up like replace it with a human. He'll do the same exact things. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, and that all goes back to the whole thing of like Lance Hendrickson being like, well, if he doesn't take his medication, he gets angry or what the fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> it literally is like an insane, uh, you know inmate that has escaped from an insane asylum. <laughs> so a short term is a sedative. What you mean is you need to give him his sedative to keep the right. <laughs> to keep the killer asleep inside of him. Right. <laughs> keep him keep him asleep so he don't kill the mailman. And that's still even even as goofy as it is that he sabotages the brake lines to this dude's car, he does murder that postman that is has the scene from Friday in it. And then buries, you see him burying the postal worker underneath <laughs> Ali Sheedy's porch. Like, he is straight up John Wayne Gacying fucking people in this neighborhood. And you're like, who's going to be next? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, he, he uh, he's a very methodical 
meticulous serial killer dog. Not, He's got not, his shit together. Yeah, not unlike Freddy in the first Elm Street covering his fucking tracks, making other people think other people are doing these fucking crimes. Like, I'm sure that is the dog's initial plan. It's like, I'm going to kill all these people and then pin it on the fucking boyfriend. And then when that stuff doesn't exactly work, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to cut his brake lines and piss on his face. <laughs> There's so many fun, weird things about this movie. Like Lance Hendrickson's hair? Oh, well, yeah. And I was also going to uh, just kind of touch on the fact that it's such a time capsule of the 90s. Like, you don't realize it until you rewatch it. And then you're like, oh, man, like the rollerblading, the, <laughs> the type of music that's in the movie. Um, it just it really kind of like if it was a towel, you know, like you wring out this towel, it would just drip 1993. L.A. gear. Hot, <laughs> hot fucking pink, all that shit just dripping out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what is up with Lance Henriksen's blonde fucking hair in this movie? It's it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> blonde hair and jean jackets, and uh, he he's dressed odd in this movie. He's borderline Canadian tuxedoing his getup in this, but that fucking hair, I'm like. That is not your hair color, and you look more alien with different hair than you did with your fucking natural hair color. <laughs> it makes him look more alien in this than it, than he is in fucking Aliens when he is not a fucking human in Aliens. <laughs> he just looks odd in this movie, and it almost feels like, because you know, in real life, uh, Lance Hendrickson, he he like makes plates and glasses, like he's really into like. I don't even know what the fuck you call that. Like Artistic. making your own. Yeah, like ma yeah, but like making your own plates and glasses. And so I kind of feel like he agreed to do the movie and just like showed up in his own clothes. Like this is this is how I dress when I'm, you know, in my I, room making plates. I do kind of feel like he doesn't necessarily take jobs for passion projects. He just is like, well, I got to pay the bills and people think I do this well, so I got to make some more plates and shit. So, all right. What's floating around out there that wants some uh, the Hendrickson treatment? Yeah, uh, and he's a he's one of the best character actors of all time. But he has a very unique approach to a lot of things. Like uh, I don't know if you read his book, Not Bad for a Human. I have not. But you know he's not a. I'm pretty sure he's not a very like highly educated person. Uh, not necessarily a classically trained actor. No, he's deaf and he's deaf in one ear, isn't he? I think so. I want to say he's deaf and deaf on one side. I even think when I I was telling my mom, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get to meet Lance Henriksen at the show. We're we're gonna go check out." And he's like, "He's deaf on one side. Make sure you talk to him on his other side. So <laughs> otherwise, he won't hear you." Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh man, I have many of Lance Henriksen stories. <laughs> from when we did meet him but uh i can save those for another time what we're what we're here about we're here about this serial killer dog <laughs> i think it could warrant one i think you should yeah. let one story out about <laughs> one. about good old lance because uh even though i did meet him talk to him and have him sign my copy of hard target i don't remember much of any conversation that we had is very very brief and nothing super memorable so i'm Super like interested to hear at least one, one Lance Henriksen like interactive story. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we're working 
this convention, and uh, Lance Lance is a gambler. Like that's kind of his his deal, and he can. So that's why he does these movies. Yeah, because you know he, he has bad luck apparently. Well, <laughs> show, shows up to do the convention like a day day or two early, and to kind of see what's going on in the town. You know, there's casinos, so he he goes out to a casino and he loses his ass. So then the next morning, uh, my wife and I are tasked with he needs to go to a Western Union. He needs to get some money, you know. And uh, so my wife and I pull up the old uh, map quest or whatever, and we find a Western Union, and we load him in the car, and it's like a 45-minute drive. <laughs> so we fucking take off. We're in the car. We're talking about his, like, glass work and stuff that he does, and just, you know, try not to talk to him about movies. Just trying to talk to him about anything just to kind of, you know, real life stuff. Feel, yeah, yeah, make him feel normal because everyone's gonna go that movie Pumpkinhead. That was awesome. You yeah, know? he's he's about to live three days of like, hey, you were in that movie <laughs> life, mm-hmm. which that all kind of goes full circle in this story because so we drive and drive and drive and then we get to this Western Union and it's like a, a Western Union loan office. It's not an actual like Western Union bank thing. So we Google search another one, and we're like, well, it's 50 minutes back the other direction. And he's like, whatever, because it was like early in the morning. He didn't care. You know, he's got his coffee, and we're all just kind of tooling around before the convention officially starts. And so we take off the (laughs) other direction, and uh, my wife's phone was dying by the time we get to this Western Union, and there was like a Dollar Tree in the same parking plaza so she's like i'm gonna walk over there and get a charger and lance is like you can come into the bank with me if you want and so i was like cool i'll go in there you know and so i go in there and he's got sunglasses on you know and he goes up to the counter and it's like a young kid like a 19 20 year old kid and lance goes up and says i need to you know get some money out of my account okay well what's your name what's your account number blah 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 he's like lance henrickson the kid doesn't even look up from the keyboard, just okay, Mr. Hendrickson, blah blah blah. <clears throat> and you could see Lance kind of like, this motherfucker doesn't know who I am. <laughs> like, not angry, but he's like, hmm. And so he takes his takes his glasses down, and uh, the kid gives him the money, and Sweet. so Lance takes his wallet out and puts the money in the wallet, and he's got this. It's like a metallic card. That's from some award that he won. And so he just slaps it on the table. And he's like, you ever seen one of those? The kid's like, I don't know. What is that? It's like, it's an award. Like, (laughs) you know, some kind of deal. And the kid's like, okay. And Lance is like, you don't know who I am, dude. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so Lance is like, you don't know who I am, do you? He wants, he wants it. He really wants it. (laughs) And uh, Lance goes, you ever seen Terminator? Kid's like, no. <laughs> you ever seen Aliens? <laughs> the kid's like, no. He rattles off like three or four more movies, and I'm just sitting there with my jaw dropped. Like, what is happening? And and Lance goes, you, you need to see more movies, kid. You should watch some more movies. Takes his money, and we walk out of the bank, and I'm like, that was weird. And he's like, yeah. He's like, sometimes it just it, it trips me out that, you know, young people don't know who I am or whatever and we're having this conversation we walk out of the bank 
we're in this like massive parking lot because it's like a you know like a little shopping center there's that dollar tree there's like a high v there's a bunch of bullshit yeah. we're not it's even a strip mall yeah we're like not even two steps outside of the bank this car's driving by in the parking lot and just slams on its brakes this guy leans out the window and points at lance he's like you're him and lance is like i'm him <laughs> and the guy's like cool so lance goes over and like takes a picture with him leaning out of the car and then you know then we get in the car and drive back to the convention but uh, yeah, that's what he wanted the entire time from the bank teller guy. Just yeah, just a little bit of recognition, and I don't want that story to come off like he's he's hungry for that sort of thing because he definitely gets enough at the conventions. But it was like you could tell he was he was in a good mood. He was like light, playful, and you know, no, it's 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 fucking like adorably charming that he's puts an award out there and like come on, he, he come on, <laughs> you don't know, you should know. <laughs> And I'm sure, like, his whole, whole inside is like, yeah. <laughs> so that's... But then he walks out of the bank, and then someone screeches or tires. He's like, yes. Yes, I still am. Yes. <laughs> I st- Damn, I still got it. <laughs> Pootie done did it what again. A, what a fucking movie that would be, though, if you're... Uh, think about that for a plot line of a movie. Is that you... Are driving around a, an actor for a convention who has a gambling problem, <laughs> and it just divulges into you like having to battle like loan sharks and shit on behalf of the actor, and like the whole the whole end goal is to get him to the convention. And the end of the movie, you're like, you both are beat the shit, burnt, cut up, bloody, but you both make it back to the convention. And you're like, here he is, <laughs> and the convention owner is like. What the hell is going on? He looks like shit. Did you even get anything done today? And you just fucking punch the the, the convention uh, <laughs> like punching owner a, guy. Yeah, like punching a police commissioner or whatever at the yeah, end just, of any action fucking, movie. You straight up Gary Busey knock him out like in point break to <laughs> uh, to Johnny C. And you're like, respect me. And like, I've had a hell of a day. I'm going home. Like, that, that is a fucking action or it could be an action horror movie. Only if Tony Todd plays the celebrity. Jesus Christ. Because Tony Todd is another celebrity that uh, he doesn't necessarily have a gambling problem, but he has a nightlife problem. Like He he has energy to spare. Yeah. He, he that can likes power to a small city. Absorb everything in whatever town he's in. <laughs> Goes back to our story from the other night where he's like texting Adam Green in the middle of the night wanting to know about Reverend Zombie's <laughs> motivations. When you're when you're when you're running Adam Green's patience out on, like, sleep, you've got, like, a superhuman ability. <laughs> that's true. Oh, man. All right, so that's my Lance story. Um, that that was an excellent Lance, Lance Henriksen story. It just makes me wish I would have talked to him longer and more in-depth about things. I know somebody on one of the uh, podcasts I listened to took, like, a house three the horror show to get mm-hmm. signed and he i think they said he signed on to do that just to pay for like divorce proceedings or something uh, yeah i, I could believe it so in doing my research for this movie i kind of learned a couple of things which in the 90s it wasn't uncommon for movies to shoot alternate scenes um to you know for the TV version, so if they had to cut out the uh, violence, yes. they would they would put in a little bit of extra stuff. So that was a big thing then, as you saw to make to make a runtime for a TV broadcast on mm-hmm. network television. 
which I'm hoping, I don't know if this is true, I, I, I don't know, but I'm hoping that the Scream Factory Edition has some of these uh, alternate scenes, maybe even added in, because I think that would, some of this stuff would actually add to the movie. Like, in the TV version, there's a scene where Lori's taking out the trash and she finds uh, an empty box of poison because her boyfriend tried to poison the dog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that kind of adds a little bit more to that asshole boyfriend story because he, he hates that dog from Jump Street. How many animals has he killed <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the past? There were five different dogs that played the dog in the movie, so maybe he killed four of them. <laughs> I'm just saying throughout the relationship oh. with Ali Sheedy, how many animals has he murdered along <laughs> the way? Like, is that that's another like? Where's the rest of this story? Like, how many fucking birds, cats, dogs, <laughs> fucking hamsters? Just, yeah, does he just have a taste for murdering animals now? Like, he's, he's, he's just young Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, you, you see him driving home from work. He just sees a splattered raccoon on the side of the road, and he's like, "God, I wish that was every animal in my house right now." <laughs> like, I could do that. There's no. How are they gonna? What are they gonna do? How are they gonna find out I'm murdering these animals? Was he Jeffrey Dahmer? Jesus Christ! Dahmer, <laughs> dude, uh, you live in a house with like twelve cats, four dogs, a fucking bird that mocks you all day for you losing your hair. You'll do some crazy shit. I have no doubts. <laughs> You'll start thinking about things to to take care of your problems. Yeah, that's true. You probably will. That dude is breathing dog hair every day on top of like this new one coming in. It's literally a fucking fur coat. I always, every time I think about the movie, I get the boyfriend confused. He He's not the guy from Ghost that's in Friday the 13th Part 6, is he? Um, uh, uh, Tony, Tony Goldwyn? Yeah, that's not him, right? I don't, uh, I'd have to look. I always want to confuse him with the, with the other, uh, shitty, alley shitty boyfriend from Short Circuit. <laughs> <laughs> like, alley she just has a terrible precedent for being with being with guys maybe she just should have just stuck with Emilio Estevez I don't think that that's I think the boyfriend is uh boy I'm gonna butcher this last name <clears throat> he's played by Frederick Len L-E-H-N-E um but for whatever reason in the mid 90s like I always confused the two of those guys like they don't look overly similar, but they both kind of have a, I hate to, you know, like a forgettable face. So, like, when I picture the movie in my brain, the f only face I can see is, like, a blur. And I kind of piece together the, an actor, and I always come up with the dude from Jason Lives. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, Tony Goldwyn. No, uh, fit, <laughs> Frederick Lynn, I'm looking him. Up to see what else he's done. Maybe we have a. Uh... Oh, he was uh, in the Dark Knight somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> As uh, henchman number forty-six. He doesn't have a recognizable face. Like you don't see him and go, "Oh yeah, that dude from that guy." He's literally one of those guys you got to be like, "Shit, I got to look this dude up." I don't know anything mm -hmm. off the top of my head. He's done. Yeah, he's an exchange security chief. In the Dark Knight Rises, so <laughs> that tells you where uh, he had his heights of, uh, of of cinema fame in 1993. Right. Um, well, we spent 40 minutes just kind of rambling about this movie um, and the stars of it. Yeah. So speaking of stars of it, 
Uh, is it time, Evil? Well, it's not time to play the game, but it is time we can check out a handful of those them Amazon one-star reviews. I'll cue the music now. Hey, did it. All right. We got a few here. We got uh, Jeffrey Allen on October 13th, 2019. Curious if you watched the uh, Blu-ray. He goes, one star, truly god-awful. Unwatchable piece of 90s nostalgia. The idea is kind of cool. The execution, all the way from the writing to directing, is B-A-D bad. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it if it was maybe... I would have enjoyed it. It, if, was, maybe worse than it was. That's literally how it is said. Wow. I think he fucked that up. Herbert, Derbert, Derbert. He had a stroke while typing his Amazon One Star who, review. Who, who doesn't like a train wreck, but this was a cringe fest. There's that word. Don't you say that fucking word. <laughs> what? Cringe fest? I, hate, I, I just hate cringe, man. I hate that word. Cringe and trope. Okay. Yeah. They can both fuck right off. And trite. And... <laughs> trite, trist, and, uh... And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, next up we got Travis from, uh... Blink-182. Yeah, from Blink-182 on October 16th, 2004. Wow. One star. Terrible. This movie was a complete letdown. They tried to cross Cujo and the Terminator. Interesting concept, but the script completely lacks any real oomph. <laughs> Awful film, Lance Henriksen deserves better. Uh, it lacks a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a whole lot I could find, but this 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 last one on here, uh, I just had to put it in just because. Um, this is where I almost I feel like we need remix, just to see maybe he can decipher this. Oh boy. Maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll take this screenshot and I'll send it to him. And be like, what does this mean? Does this mean anything to you? <laughs> because I would say it's a pocket dial, but it can't be. Okay, yeah, because you have to log in. You have to fill out multiple things is from blb on march 5th 2013 one star sucked suck fvnfvfnfvdfmnfvmfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmnfvmn
So is that the end of the Amazon one-star reviews? I mean, I don't know how I could top it after I, that one. I don't know. I think that yeah. may be the most in-depth one-star review we've ever had done on the entire history of 3B video. Yeah, it definitely is taking the cake. It's uh, you know, it's no Rondale Dale branch, but it's up there. What if that dude is asleep and he's just fucking thinking he's typing fucking a really in-depth? He's just in his sleep. He does one-star reviews for movies. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and find Rondale Dale branch on Facebook. <laughs> so I can stop I don't know why it. we haven't done that yet. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> but like, can you give us your opinions on other films? Just we want to have you as a constant for everything. We loved your one-star review for... I don't even remember what fucking movie it was we got him for. I, I love your work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's uh, one of the great literary minds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, I I suppose. like what you threw down there, buddy. <laughs> Since we're done... With the Amazon Amazon one star reviews, that can only mean one thing. Evil, what does that mean? It is time on this WrestleMania weekend to play the game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. It's only about the game, you know you please. It's only about the postal man and he's dead as shit. <laughs> He gone. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. It is time to play the game. This is how we like to wrap up our podcast for any new listeners out there. I almost called you viewers. You're viewing with your ear holes. Um, viewer mail. Yes. We had a viewer mail moment. Should we Should we do a viewer mail on three, two, one? Three, two, one. Viewer mail. Viewer mail. <laughs> that's a movie crypt uh, deep cut if you're not aware. Yes. Uh, maybe one day we'll bring in some sort of segment like that to our podcast, live stream, whatever. Just, just think of a word. We'll, maybe um, now it's time for money or mishap and then never explain it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We're doing it. Um, so, Evil, I suppose, hit him with that poquito, that brief plot synopsis on what the game is, and then we'll get this motherfucker rolling. If you've been on for this many episodes and you still need an explanation, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> you should know what the prop game is by now. Shame on you. And I'm actually going to not explain the rules. You should know the rules. And if you don't know the rules, go back to episode one and learn the rules of the game. The rules. You should know these rules by now. They're quite You simple. pick a prop from a movie you want to own. You want to own a prop from a movie? You're going to pick it from this movie to own in your collection. But don't make it a fucking obvious one. Be creative. Be original. Be unique. You're better than this if you don't know it. <laughs> You're better than this. Don't be that clerk to Lance Hendrickson. You know who we are. This is an award we've won. The, here's the silver bolo tie, clear as crystal. <laughs> One day, that silver bolo tie. Uh, Darcy, Joe Bob, if you're listening, send that send that right over. Uh, two of them, if, if, if you can, so we can have one for the front room and the back room. Go, go right we'll ahead. We'll just... We'll just cut that fucker in half and just put <laughs> half here. Activate them. Put them together. That's genuine silver. You don't want to cut that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the genuine silver when he's shaking the fucking spray can. Spray paint can. Genuine silver. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Evil, do you want to start with the prop? Uh, because I, I think... I, I will give it to you because I have a standby... Because I know one of us has to pick the most obvious of things. <laughs> and I think uh, 
I think that one of us is me. So you you go ahead then. Yeah, when <laughs> I think about this movie, there's only one thing that stands out to me. There's only one thing that I just have to have. And that is the dead cat prop. <clears throat> the dead cat prop. Why did my fucking voice crack? The dead cat prop! Um, that's what I want. I love it. I need it. It's it's happening. <laughs> I love that that was the thing when you heard that was in the prop game live stream. You're like, this could go the, the entire distance. This could win the ultimate prop game prop. Yeah, because I fucking love it. I can't argue against it, and it's hard to pick anything else other than that because I love that prop as much as you do. We may have to cut that cat in half. And... <laughs> split cats. Yeah. This is a split cat used for the 3B video live stream shows. <laughs> But in place of that, since I knew one of us had to take it and I was going to give it to you, I thought it'd be, I'm going to go smaller. I'm going to go way more low-key. I'm going to go super, uh, I'm going to say it, Lance Henriksen-like. And like, you don't know what that is? (sighs) (laughs) But I, for whatever reason, am drawn and want to take Lance Henriksen's eyeglasses. Oh, nice. I was Just a little little token of this this little part of this uh i mean i've, I've grabbed lots of guys uh jackets and shit and i've already claimed the canadian tuxedo from uh slumber party massacre so i was like i need something something else and something that's just unique that is about lance in this movie he wears wears glasses <laughs> yeah and it's just as it's just as weird to see for me as his blonde fucking hair is i was so it's like i'm gonna take them take them glasses put them on a shelf and be like here's the mad scientist glasses glasses that he wore from this movie to create this Frankenstein dog that he eventually has to destroy this creation before it destroys mankind. Dude, I really thought you were going to go with his jacket, and I was like, man, I was thinking in my head, like, Evil's Emporium of Denim. Movie from jackets. Films. Yeah, movie <laughs> denim. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a great fucking, like, museum to go through. Like, here's the denim jacket Counter Reeves war at the end of Point Break when he apprehends Patrick Swayze. Oh, man. Amazing. Oh, like, still got salt water on it and shit. <laughs> Here's Stone Cold Steve Austin's sleeveless jean jacket from uh, his his brief time on Don Johnson television show. Uh, I'm blanking on the title of it. <laughs> Nash Bridges. There you go. That totally influenced Triple H to steal the exact same idea and wear a sleeveless jean jacket with a leather coat underneath it in the WWE. And here is that leather coat and jacket right here. <laughs> Just keep going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Evil's World of Denim Emporium. <laughs> from famous films and not so famous films. That would be amazing. We're going to do that. That's, you know, fuck it. We're done with podcasts. We're done with movies. We're going to open up the Denim Emporium. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, we've had enough. We don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's all about the denim. And now you wear it. <laughs> you can't do that when taking a drink of my monster. I almost died. And don't think John Travolta's nephew from Friday the 13th Part 6, we're not coming for your pants, buddy, because <laughs> we're coming for him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and it's okay. So now, I mean, we've got a couple minutes left. So <clears throat> let's just hit him with some final thoughts of man's best friend. So, Evil, take it away. This is a trip of a movie. You need to check it out. It's a fun fucking time capsule of 1993. 
It's a slasher movie with a dog and a slasher body. It will make you chuckle if you just look at it objectively like how we watch movies. Particularly the ones we've seen a million times. So happy it's on a Shout Factory release, so... Easy access to get a hold of this thing. You'll have a good time checking it out. If it wasn't a good time, it wouldn't be on this show. <laughs> Damn right. And I suppose if you don't have a good time, you can go to Amazon. You can take to Amazon and give your one-star review. Uh, Please do so, because we've not done a live stream on this movie yet, so we'll double dip and re and re and re redo this movie in our video format. One, Yeah, one day, and, it'll happen. And we will utilize those one-stars that you put in that you don't like about it then, so we will get, get our uh, worth out of you, even if you don't like this movie. <laughs> Damn Skippy. Um, and as far as my final thoughts, I mean, we, you pretty much nailed it. It's it's a slasher with a dog. Lance Hendrickson <laughs> is, you know, the Frankenstein has to destroy his, his creation. Ali Sheedy, gorgeous. Kevin Yeager effects. It's just, this movie screams my 1993. Like, I remember seeing it. I remember um, dubbing it and having it. And, yep. sh- and showing all of my friends and, you know, a handful of them being like, this is fun. And then the other ones being like, this is dumb. And, you know, that's when that starts to happen around like nine, ten years old. And they're like, oh, they're not really my friends. Right, yeah, you're starting <laughs> to figure out. Who- you're my friend by proximity, not by <laughs> interest. Yeah. So, man, that should be a that should be a ta- that should have been the tagline for the movie. The slasher is a dog. Classic. Absolutely. I believe the tagline is... Uh, his bite is worse than his bark or something to that effect. I mean, that's clever, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty average. It's a pretty average tagline for a If it's on a list movie. of... That's on a list and you're like, yeah, we can do that, but let's try something else. And then you can't find nothing else. You're like, mm, all right, I guess we're going to use this. <laughs> uh, this is good, but we could... You feel like we could do better. Here's the best tagline. Man's best friend. He pisses acid. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need. I don't know. I'd want all of it. I'd be like, he buries victims. He cuts brake lines and pisses in your face. And by the way, that piss is alien blood. Yeah, there you go. Pisses alien blood. Maybe that'll be more uh, true to form. And I, I think... You know, we need to go get our matching man's best friend tattoos. Um, what, gosh, what would that be? Like a dog print paw with a, uh, like, cybernetic uh, enhancement on the side of it or something? Ooh, like, yeah, like a laser like a scope? Dog print, but it's metallic. Like, it's metal. Metal! metal! Dripping blood. Dripping green acid. Oh, shit. <laughs> there it is. There it is. We just... Okay, the next time we're together, we're getting man's best friend tattoos. I don't know. <laughs> right on our necks. Oh. Right on the side of our necks. Right on my fucking forehead, guys. That's what's happening. Um, okay, well, we've we've done our final thoughts. We've went through everything. So I suppose that'll about do it for this week's episode of the Deep Cut Podcast. Uh, final words, Evil, before we leave forever until two weeks from now. I still love that fucking bird mocking dude. Baldy, baldy, baldy. <laughs> screw you. And the bird, without missing a beat, goes, screw you. 
Yeah, we forgot about the bird. The bird's in the movie. It's important. <laughs> that bird, off-screen kill.